Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hey everyone, it is good to be with you. Last time we were together, we were talking about Jesus as the light of the world from John 8, because we are in the Gospel of John, and hopefully you had a chance to meditate on that, that Jesus makes this statement, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And remember, this comes after the, the Feast of Booths, where there were a number of different traditions and ceremonies and rituals, but one of those rituals, they had these giant light fixtures, these giant candelabras is what they were called. And in the darkness, they would light these giant fixtures to remind the people that in, in the wilderness, that there was this pillar of fire and smoke that led them through whatever came their way, that Jesus was with them and would guide them. And so Jesus, maybe still standing in the place where those candelabras were, is saying, I am the light of the world. I am here to shine in the darkness and to guide you. And the reason I asked you to meditate on those things and to focus in on Jesus as the light of the world over the weekend is because we see the practicality of of how that plays into our life and the importance of it in our life as we go into the rest of this text. That even though he stops talking about light and darkness, he's still talking about light and darkness, not directly, but indirectly. And so I would love to read, uh, we're going to read John 8, verse 12 through 20, talk about it a little bit, and then continue on. I know normally I would read through the whole text, but it's a lot of text, and I would love to break it down piece by piece. So here we go. John 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and, and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that, that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. We're going to stop there for a moment and talk about this a little bit. So as Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world, as he experiences this story that, that, that may or may not 
have been accurate texts. It still goes back and forth. And as I study out the scripture, still there are theologians who go back and forth on whether John 1 through 11 is supposed to be there. But we see in that text that there is darkness in the hearts of everyone involved except for Jesus. And if Jesus stands up after this time of experiencing this disheartening act of throwing this woman, casting this woman in front of him, uh, showing her darkness, and then he illuminates or, or he shows the darkness and everyone involved. He's saying, I am the light of the world that in the midst of this darkness, I know I have pointed out this darkness in all of you. I am the light. And whether that story was there or not, we can see in our lives that we have darkness present. And Jesus is standing and saying, I am the light. I have come to shine in the darkness. The absence of me is dark, but I am here now. He is making the statement that I am here to rescue you. I am here to save you. And the astounding thing is that the Pharisees, they come back with this this rebuttal that's quite odd, that they don't embrace him and, and say, yes, the light is here. They say, you can't bear witness to yourself. You can't bear witness to yourself. And this is like if, if it was well known that you were terminally ill and you didn't know what to do, but you got this letter in the mail from a dear friend and they said, I found the cure. I found the cure. Take this medicine. It's in the envelope. Open it. Open the envelope and, and, and take the medicine and it'll cure you. And you will live. You'll live. And if you wrote back and you said, you spelled medicine wrong. I, I'm not going to take the medicine. You spelled medicine wrong. That completely discredits everything you have done for me. You spelled the word wrong. And Jesus goes on to say, say, I didn't spell the word wrong. In fact, you don't even know how to spell it. He said, my testimony is true. It's good. It even lines up with the law that, that the law that you hold everyone to, it requires two people. I bear witness to myself because I am light. Light bears witness to itself. When you see a bright light, you don't need anyone to tell you it's light. You see it, it's light. And then he says, the Father bears witness to me as well. There are two people involved in this witness. And I think he's having this conversation with the Pharisees. You can, you can read it in this text. You can hear the voice through what he's saying. He's saying, I, I, I don't know your hang-up. I'm here. I'm here to save you. I'm here to, to be with you. I'm here to shine light into the darkness. But you wouldn't know that, would you? Because you're blind. The only people who cannot see light are people who are blind. And he's saying, you are blind. You wouldn't know my father. They say, where is your father? You wouldn't know my father because you don't even see me. You don't even see the light. You must be completely blind. 
I hear compassion in his heart and in his voice. Like I, it, when you read these texts, I know a lot of us read it in this heart set and this mindset that he's, he's saying this like in an angry voice, but I hear his voice of compassion saying, listen, I don't, I don't even come to judge. I came to save the world and I'm telling you right now, I am the light come to shine in the darkness, but you are so hung up in the technicalities of, of what you know. It's getting in the way. You cannot even see the light. And how many times do we do the same thing? Do we come before Jesus, maybe in our devotional time, maybe we don't even know Jesus, and, and we say, God, prove it. Show me your rule, you're real through facts. Show me you're real through a witness. I need you to do something miraculous in my life. I need you to prove it to me. And trust me, Jesus will. He will prove it to you. But it takes trusting in him first that he is the light. You have to see him. For who he is, you have to humble yourself and not be prideful in what you have to know. It's just like these Pharisees coming before him saying, you can't bear witness of yourself. If there is no place of giving Jesus the voice to speak into their life, if you don't take the blinders off your eyes, you will never see him. And if you don't know how to take those things off, I would, I would say, ask Jesus to take them off. But you have to humble yourself. You have to come before him willing to see, willing to experience. Get out of your way. Get, get yourself out of the way. So he said to them again, this is in verse 21. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sins. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below, and I am from above. You are of this world, and I am not of this world. I told you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am, that he was added, that I am, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand what he, that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me, and he who sent me is with me.
He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. As these Pharisees are confused and they're so caught up in the details or the knowledge of what they know, in in knowing the law and understanding these things, that so much so that they don't understand who is in front of them. Jesus has said this before, that he is going away. And where he's going, people cannot follow. He said this before. And they jump to the conclusion that he's saying, will he kill himself? And and suicide was something that was a big no-no to the Jews, that it, it was abhorrent. It was not okay. And that even carries on into culture today, that if you commit suicide, there's this question, is God not going to forgive you for that? Are you separated from the love of God if you commit suicide? Well, Paul says in Romans 7, when he's talking about his flesh does what it ought not do, and he needs the help of Christ. In Romans 8, it says, but the spirit comes in and wages war against the flesh. And then on in in Romans 8, 31, it says, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. There is nothing. Nothing is an absolute word. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. If you have a friend or a loved one, or you know someone who is dear to you, and you, they committed suicide, and you wonder where they are now, I want to remind you with that scripture, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Once you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus, given everything to him, nothing can separate you. And rather than making judgments one way or another, trust that God's word is truth. They didn't understand that Jesus was talking about going to be with the Father. And they didn't understand that Jesus was saying, I am making a way for you to be where I'm at. But you are so stuck in your sin. In verse 24, he says, I told you that you would die in your sins. That sin clouds us and makes us dark. That sin is in the absence of God. But up in verse 21, it says, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. The the sin, specific sin that he's talking about, they're not sins, but sin, is that they would reject him and not see him as the light and not humble themselves before him, willing to be taught by him and see him for who he is. They're so stuck in what they know and what they understand that they can't see the Jesus in front of them who is saying, I am the medicine. I am what you need. For unless you believe that I am, this is one of the names of God, I am. It says all through the Old Testament, how will they know that you are the one true God and and what God says is tell them I am. Tell them I am. This is 
This is the name of the God of the Bible, I am. And he says, unless you believe, you will die in your sins. They continue to ask, who are you? Jesus says, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. He was carrying out the rescue plan. He was bringing the light into darkness. He was bringing life to death. He was resurrecting the dead. He was carrying out the mission of God. This is the role of the person of Jesus, the Son, that he would carry out the will of God here on earth so that all could be saved. In John 3, before where it says, I did not come to judge, it, it plays in here as well. I did not come to judge. Or I, I'm, you guys are judging, but I'm not judging. It says in, in John 3, I did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. That he is trying to explain to these, these Pharisees who are just totally missing the point. I am here uh, under the, the, the command of the Father. I am here to carry out the will of the Father to rescue you all. And you just don't see it. But I'll tell you how you will. He says in verse 28, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. What he's saying by being lifted up, he's talking about the cross. This is a very complex statement because he's talking about the cross, being lifted up on the cross and dying for the sins of the world, bringing light into darkness. But that was the start of this work that he would do in dying and then he would resurrect and be lifted and sit at the right hand of God with all power and authority over death and sin, that it would all be conquered and he would shine light on it all, that the darkness will not and has not resisted the light, that through the cross, light can shine everywhere. What he's saying is, where I am going, you cannot come, but through the power of the cross, you can. You will see me as light, and you can come. You can come where I am. You can be in the presence of God. You can be with me. You can be with me. But the problem is, is that humanity, we love the darkness. And the tendency that we have is, is instead of loving him as the light, we love the darkness. And even when we come to him and we see him as light, we take parts of our light, life and we go, I need this to stay dark because it would be uncomfortable. It would be embarrassing. It would hurt if the light shined on it, I need to keep this dark. I'm going to make up some excuse, just like the Pharisees, as to why the light cannot shine here. And the problem with that is, in Romans 1, it talks about 
those who love the darkness, that Jesus is, is pleading with you, hey, I will shine light in all the dark places. Let me give you light and life. But those who love the dark, it says in Romans 1 verse 24, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity and to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who bless, who is blessed forever. That instead of seeing God as the light, as the savior, as the rescuer, as the life, that when we love the darkness so much, when we hang on to the darkness so much that he, he will give you over to the darkness that you want. But he wants you to want him. He wants you to open up your life and let the darkness shine in. That he would know you and love you and you would experience true life. For me, this is such an emotional text. Because at the very end, it says, As he was saying these things, many believed. Many believed. And I know the reality is that there are many people walking the earth who have maybe heard this message and they are choosing darkness instead of the light that he offers. They're choosing to make excuses as to why, why they, they want to stay in the darkness or why Jesus is not the light. And they are completely blinded to the fact that God loves them and purpose them and wants to be with them. I pray that you are one of those people in verse 30, that as these things are said, as you open up the word, as you have opportunity to experience the light in your life, that you would believe. That you would believe. I want us to take a moment. I want us to think about what are the excuses we are making? What are the things in our life? And maybe we're doing this consciously. Maybe we're doing this subconsciously. I know in, in studying this text and meditating on this text this week, it has been a wild ride. And seeing areas of my life where I'm, I'm hanging on to things instead of letting God shine. Instead of letting God shine on the darkness. What are the areas of your life that you are holding back from him where you're making excuses as to why we aren't letting him in. That these may be things from the past. These may be choices you are currently making that you just fell into, that you happened into. A lot of times we feel like, man, it's going to be too embarrassing. It's going to hurt too many people to let somebody know to confess. It says in James, it says when we confess our sins one to another, that we will be healed. That there's something in this sharing that is supernatural and powerful. That wherever you're at, would you give somebody a call? Would you talk to somebody about it? Would you get on your hands and your knees? And would you ask God to search your heart and your mind? Is there anything holding me back? from seeing you as the light that you desire to be in my life, that you died to be in my life. Jesus, would you come and evaluate my heart, evaluate my mind, that the dark places would be exposed and that I wouldn't be able to make excuses anymore. Maybe God is calling you to something. 
Maybe he's calling you to action because when we spend time in the presence of God, we are drawn to a certain way of life. That we want people to know the good news and maybe we've sat stagnant. But God is calling you to something. Let God shine light on that area, give you boldness to step out in what he's calling you to do. Let's evaluate the dark places of our life and ask Jesus to come in. God, would you do a work in us? Would you heal us? Would you give us the boldness to confess our sins? Would you give us the boldness to open up our hearts and our minds to you and your light? Would you walk us through what that looks like? Holy Spirit, would you come and would you spend time speaking to us, helping us? Would you empower the time that we take to spend with you? Would you help it to be fruitful, that we would learn to grow in love and desire for the light and, and that our desire and our love for the darkness would fall away? Would you bring our lives to life? In Jesus' name. Hey, I love you guys. I'm excited for what God is going to do as we do this together, as we focus in on the areas that maybe we haven't let go of yet in our lives. And I know we all have areas of our lives that we could let go to God. So be blessed, and we will talk again on Friday. Looking forward to it.